G'day listeners, welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer, it's that time of the week where I get to hang out with some really cool sailors, but of course I have to share the mic with, well, it's still just one my, my one idiot mate, so let's bring him in. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. It's the Nick Boss. Well, we said it last week, we'll have to say it again. You're just going to have to change the intro. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to see him. People are he, writing gone. in. We've lost, we've lost him, we've lost BP. Well, we, people are writing in. They're genuinely concerned. So uh, he yeah, keeps telling no, no. us he's ready to go, but we'll see. Um, um, you've been laid up for the week. I've been peppered with messages and ideas and Slack bloody notifications. <laughs> you've obviously been at home doing nothing. <laughs> oh, it's been tough, actually. I had I had knee surgery, for those who didn't know. So you had an arthroscopy to get? Yeah, and I, yeah. I was really good last week. I thought, oh, yeah, this is easy. And then... About the day later, it's swollen. It's just getting bigger and bigger and harder, and my legs getting more and more painful. And then, so sudden- basically, it kind of puts your head size into perspective <laughs> if you compare it to your leg. <laughs> basically, I felt like, and I couldn't move, mate. There was two days I just couldn't move, and uh, I was in a bad way. And it, I did have some ideas, though. Like in that time, I came up with a bunch of ideas, um, but yeah, not. Not happy, and of course, my beautiful wife. Your wife, yeah, wife looked looked after you at all. Uh, no, she went to New Zealand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she took off. My beautiful How wife. How about some eggs? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> she no, she was. She's you know, she's not strong on the empathy gene, you know, and you know her passions of these days are photography and surfing, and I couldn't help with either of those. So she went to New Zealand. Um, she left a bowl of water and a bowl of biscuits out <laughs> and just left me in the middle of the floor. Um, I've come good today, though. Like, I'm starting to feel better. But, you know, she uh, she's a unique individual. There's a reason why we haven't had kids, Bice, because... <laughs> she, I think you've explained this one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, but it did create a few good ideas and, uh, yeah, no, it's been... It's been tough, actually. I'll be honest. I, I thought it'd be pretty cruisy, but uh, I've had a bad run. I thought it. Well, and just for the listener, the reason for no kids is not anything um, medically. No, it's basically she would have left you and the kid with a bowl of water and a bowl of That's biscuits. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's, she's very, she's a beautiful human being, lovely, does amazing work, you know. But, Mate, she uh, doesn't listen, don't worry. Yeah, I know. Don't worry, you don't have to say People that get shit. back, but uh, if we had a kid, she would completely fix. She get forget she had one. So, um, <laughs> right, all right. Let's that's enough about paying out of my wife. It's been uh, we. The one thing we did do really well last week is we told everyone it's time to start thinking about the cup. And my God, how busy has the cup news got this week? It went Ooh. from nothing to non-stop. We're on fire, mate. We led the we led yeah, the charge. Well, well, I doubt. Um, I doubt they wrote in the protocol they'll let the boat start sailing just when we release that episode. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a handy coincidence. Oh no, it was planned, mate. Completely planned. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, all right. Well, we want to get our guests in because I'm really looking forward to this discussion because. Uh, I've met this bloke a few times and uh, he's always got a certain style about him, which I quite admire. Um, he is an Olympian. He's won a bronze medal in the Finn class. He has been a US Sailor of the Year. He was in the American Magic, uh, America's Cup team, been pro sailor. And of course, the most important one, just won the 505 World Champs. Um, so welcome to the show, Caleb Payne. How are you, bud? Sweet. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. 
Oh, <laughs> quite timely as well, Caleb. The the listeners can't see it, but you look as though you've stepped straight off the set of the Netflix documentary with John Bertram and uh, Dennis Connor <laughs> sporting that fabulous moustache. Hey, you know, it, it worked at the Worlds and clearly, you know, watching the, the Netflix documentary, it worked for him as well. So like I said, you know, just trying to draw on the power of the moustache and we'll see where it takes me. But I mean, I love the, it. It, we, we've had a theory on this show that, um, that every US sailing team member would be required. It's like part of the uniform now to, to grow a moustache. <laughs> Because um, Mark had a pretty sweet mustache as well, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah. But the other bit is you need a tight perm <laughs> as well. <laughs> I think my hair is a little too straight for that. I don't know. It's starting to thin at thirty, so I don't know. I might have a little little pro, little struggle there, but we'll see what we can do. Well, the other thing, I mean, like, because you're a California boy, you're a San Diego boy, so right down south of California there, and. Um, you know, like I was paying out on you the whole time at the five O's, you know, because you kept, I kept saying, you know, you're like a, a 1970s model catalogue, you know, catalogue model, you know, like you just keep rocking up in these cool outfits, which, you know, for me is complete respect, you know, that whole beach 70s moustache, the whole thing, it was just like, yeah, this guy just knows what he's about and he's super happy with it and I loved it, you know, and... and Apart, apart from Aussies, they would only... Rec- uh, no, this one, but you'd be rolling up in a Holden Sandman oh, yeah. panel van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, <laughs> there you go. Surfboard hanging out the back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, but anyway, so you know, you've got you've got a certain sense of style. I'm trying to. We're trying to give the listeners a visual of you in case they don't know. They haven't met the the great the great man, but uh, you've had a pretty good sailing life, mate. How good are you? Yeah, it's it. Uh, it's been sweet. You know, I'd say the the majority of it is. The community that basically got me to where I am and obviously my parents were a huge huge aspect of that and uh one of the most beneficial things my my parents and the people around me have always kind of embraced is the reason you do it is because you have fun and you enjoy it and as soon as that stops being the case you shouldn't do it anymore um you know and if you're a naturally competitive person you're going to take it as far as you as you possibly can and uh and fortunately I've had a support group and people around me that were able to to facilitate that and and push me forward so yeah yeah but i mean so was it your idea to start sailing no i mean my dad got got me into it when i was really young um and then yeah i was sailing at five or six at mission bay yacht club just here Mm -hmm. in san diego um and just yeah just kind of naturally wanted to get better and better at it and was competitive and and kept going and going and the first international like overseas event i ever sailed was when i was 19 actually was the finn gold cup in mm. denmark uh and actually I have a, kind of a funny story about that but right. yeah yeah <laughs> well leave us hanging. we are all about funny stories <laughs> <laughs> right. so but maybe right. before we before we get to the funny For story sure. though what, sure. what's the process you grew up in mission bay do you yeah was you a sailing in what what type of boat he started in a so, sabo Sabbath, yeah, the Sabbath's the uh, the old school, you know, kind of Southern California boat. There, there is some oh. pushback, and the Aussies are trying to come in, but you know, the the Sabbath, for as flawed as it is, I think genuinely makes pretty decent sailors. You know, if it's a really hard boat to sail, you know, and, and the control lines always coming back to a thwart, so you can adjust them all the time. You know, it it, it gets I think sailors at a very young age 
adjusting sail controls and manipulating the boat in a way that I think the Opti, frankly, can't really do. Um, you know, so yeah, it's got it's got a lot of history to it. Is it is it got a uh, a little like a clog? Is it an insignia? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, here we go. So they have this one event every year. It's like, it has a little dust on it, but it's called a Dutch shoe, and uh, <laughs> it's from san diego yacht club all the way down to coronado yacht club and i can't remember how many miles it is but it's one of those races they do every year and there's like over 300 boats or something like that but yeah that's basically what the uh what the emblem looks like Mate, uh, so. so you live in california you know the sort of surfy beach bum capital of the u.s um i live well except for hawaii i suppose but uh, live on the sunshine Co- i live in queensland mate sabo's yeah. a huge here they were the the kids boat really yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah it's nice. a nice here we go. Bice is switched off. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, couple too many bongs getting smoked down the, around those places, I reckon. Coming yeah, up with those things. It's true. Especially with the Lee board. You're like, uh, what are you guys thinking over there? <laughs> but uh, supposedly the original design was made uh, kind of like the Opti, but out of two pieces of plywood. You could basically assemble the whole boat out of mm. that. So. Yeah. So, and the Lee board was actually so people could tow the boats to catalina and they didn't have to worry about the trunk filling the whole boat with water so you mm. could tow it not worry about it filling with water oh. with the board. Yeah, okay well that's slightly different to ours ours has got a centerboard <laughs> but, but it's yeah. the same logo and everything so there you go yeah. so yeah so you went through that whole process but you know yeah the, the the family in get you into sailing um it's either yeah. that or go down to tijuana for the weekend every weekend sort of thing where you are so it's probably yeah, a smart exactly. move um, yeah. not that Bicey or I've ever done anything like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sabo, uh, how, how long are you in the Sabo for? I was pretty big as a young kid. Um, so I pretty much swapped out by the time I was 10. I was sailing, I sailed radials for like six months and I was straight into the full rig after that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was, I think I was like 5'10 by the time I was 10 years old or something. Wow. So, yeah, I was. The best I ever did was last in gold fleet at the nationals. So wow. I was like, okay, time to move. Yeah. yeah. Tap it out. <laughs> out the side, the whole thing. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't the, the fastest. Given, given you were quite a big fella then, was that, were there other sports opportunities throughout oh, yeah. college, school and college? Yeah. yeah. I played a little basketball and I did some track and field around the 400. And then I'm, I'm turns out horrible at ball sports. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that's like, written off the menu you can ask any of my friends if i've ever thrown a football to them it's uh it's a rough i i can throw a far i can throw a spiral but will it get to you that's a totally different question (laughs) but uh yeah so no it's it tried some things here and there but sailing is the one that stuck yeah i love it i love it Uh, and you know like when you were Growing up, I suppose, no, no, that's not going to, the kids in California are all over it. So, like, what about surfing? You'd be surfing and snowboarding and all that sort of crap as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, believe it or not, actually, when I was a kid, my dad's a, he was a middle school teacher. And the first job he got was up in Wrightwood, which is like a two-hour drive from here, kind of in the low Sierras. And uh, I grew up skiing as a kid until I was in third grade, third, fourth grade. So I spent most of my time up in the mountains skiing and all that and uh, a bit of surfing, not, not as much. You know, most of the time if I was down on the water, I'd be in a sailboat. But uh, yeah, right. yeah, tons of skiing and whatnot. Yeah, it's one of the coolest things of California is in the wintertime, you know, you could surf that morning, drive two hours and you're skiing that night, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, sure. it's one of those cool things that California has. Yeah, yeah that is cool. It's very cool. So based on being 5'10 at 10 years old, what was it? Sabo, laser radio for six months 
laser full rig for about a year straight into the fin. In the fin when you're 11. (laughs) I basically sailed the full rig till I was 19. And then someone introduced me to the fin and then I, you know, kind of took it from there. Yeah, Yeah, right. So um, how big were you when you started in the fin? What size were you then? I was like probably close to what I am now, six. Six three two two ten two fifteen somewhere mm. on there yeah normal well, so that would be like ninety ninety eight kilos yeah, yeah. so yeah. average yeah. average size human being yeah um, exactly <laughs> an adult male uh, yeah an adult male a properly formed male <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, when did you think you know I want to do this seriously though was it in the lasers or when you know when what was it when you started going. Yeah. Uh, this is something I really want to do. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's it's funny. The um, I kind of remember the moment specifically, and and actually JJ Fetter and and Mark Reynolds both came to Mission Bay Yacht Club when we were all in the junior program, and they came with their medals, you know, and and I think I was eight or nine at the time, and for some reason something just stuck with me, and it was the fact that hey, these people are from the same area I'm from. They sailed these same boats. We grew up in the same place. And I, I don't think you can underestimate the value on mm. how Im- impressionable a kid can be at that age, you know? Mm. And uh, funny enough, another girl, Brianna Prabancha, who I grew up sailing with, went to the games in 2016. We were actually in the same learn to sail class and we were both there on that day wow. um, and went and walked at the Rio games together. Um, wow. You know, and I, I, I remember that moment so clearly being like, wow, this is something I have to go do. And until I've done that, I, I, I never would have felt fulfilled in, in this, this passion or dream that I've had. Um, you know, so yeah, that was, that was pretty much the moment where I was like, shit, I got to go and do it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well. That's it. Which then now takes me back though. Yeah. Your first trip yeah. overseas. We don't want to forget this <laughs> funny story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so I was, I was getting, I was obviously a bigger guy. I couldn't sail the laser radio or the full rig just because I just physically couldn't have gotten down to the weight. And, uh, this guy, Scott Mason, let me sail his fin at Newport beach one day. And I was like, sweet, I could, I could do this, you know, and, uh, got in contact with Zach Rayleigh and he's like, yep, feel free, come on over. And, uh, you know, it was right after I graduated high school. I think I literally went right after that. And the first event I did was keel and did pretty well. Like, you know, all the Europeans are there. I think I was top 20 at like my first international big fin event. I was like, all right. Sweet. What, what year is this, mate? This was 2009. Yeah, the year I graduated. So, yeah, 2009. Okay. So, just uh, for – so, Zach Riley had just won the silver at 2008 Correct. Olympics? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, he was just coming off like his peak, you know, the, the guy and, and all that. Yep. So – um just coming off his peak yeah. good there you go <laughs> <laughs> maybe said it like that he was, he was pushed a little bit towards <laughs> dropping off the top now now with history we can say such things <laughs> but uh, uh, uh so who knows maybe he, he'll have pull a blind around when the uh when a laser you know gold or something but uh, <laughs> no so uh basically go over and, and start sailing the uh keel and then did pretty well there and then the next one was the worlds in copenhagen and uh first race goes off you know i i'm like you know everyone's got a little nerves over 100 boats there the fin fleet's like huge in the gold cup and you know i'm i'm sailing up the beat i tack out right get super light get a big righty round the top mark and first i'm like looking under the boom and i'm like god these guys suck (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I'm winning a gold medal. This Olympic, like all you guys, nothing, right? Turn to go downwind. There goes six boats. Yeah. Go back up wind. There goes another 10. You know, by I think at the end of the regatta, I ended up finishing, I think it was 40s or 50s or something like that. And it was just a very humbling, like, okay, like <laughs> I got a bit to learn kind of thing, you know, going from the top of the mountain to like, all right, well, I guess uh, that didn't work out the way I would have thought. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, it, then there the journey began. Yeah. Well, that, that's the joy <laughs> of sailing, isn't it? Because um, yeah. you can't, you know, you can't hide anything in sailing. Like it's that search for perfection. And, and you know, maybe those guys did suck, but you sucked more. And, and you, <laughs> that's true. And, yeah, you, you right know, you that. just had to, that's when you go, right, I've got to start doing the work. And that's where it comes. That's sailing. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're in Denmark, you're Salem Finns, um, you're hanging around with a bunch of normal-sized blokes. It's a good time. Yeah. No, it's uh, – and I'm sure being around the sailing community and, and especially the Olympic thing, it, and the Finn class is like that. I, I believe the Star Fleet was probably a lot like this as well. Um, but the camaraderie, you travel the world, you see cool things, you sail cool boats. At the end of the day, even your shittest day – still pretty freaking good mm. <laughs> you know it's like could be a lot worse um obviously we all want to do better and and sometimes there's a lot on the line but that was one of the things that got me through the most stressful periods was just putting it in perspective and and realizing that you know at the end of the day my parents love me you know i had a good time i've learned a lot i have a lot of good friends and you know yeah so so post bouncing out of the blocks when you'd won a gold medal already and then <laughs> by the time you finish 40 or 50, was that, was that also a tipping point that like, yeah, actually to win in these boats now I yeah. get it or. For sure. I, I think, I think it, um, it, it's set into stone the journey I would have to be on to still achieve the goal that I, I had set out for myself, you know, as a young kid. Um, so yes, yeah, in a way, I totally think you're right. You know, it, it was kind of like, whoa, okay, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be a long, laborious, you know, slow step of progress and goals, you know, uh, uh, you know, checking off or whatever else. And, and, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, in a way, yeah. It is a bit of, so almost a comparison. You'd almost put the laser in the same, uh, on the same journey, it's a long, arduous task to get to where you want to be. And then you get all these young whippersnappers just come flipping mm. around in a skiff, in a moth, yeah. all those sort mm. of thing, just, you know, going yeah. from heroes to zeros. Mm. Yeah. But the hard work, I mean, we're not saying that sailing skiffs or moths is not hard work, but just seems that it's that extra mile in these boats where you're just physically just on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the interesting things that from the foiling to the, and I've obviously, you know, been around the foiling world and, and the, the displacement world, um, it's everyone, it's like the hot ticket thing right now, right? Everyone's like, oh, foiling, you know, oh, this kid can foil, you know, but in reality, you take any really good sailor, you give them enough time, to be frank, not even that much time, they're going to be able to get the boat foiling around and flying. And now you have someone with years and years and years of experience with a clearly just like the, the, the finesse and the feel for what it's like to get a boat to, to move through the water. Um, but then you have the technical aspects, you know, I mean, the sail shapes, the fundamentals are the same. A sail is a sail, yeah. you know, if it's some little things change here and there, but 
to be frank, like one of the things I learned from the America's Cup stuff is the only position or or even in with like the sail GP stuff, the only position that's different on these boats is the flight controller. Everything else is identical. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's only one position that is kind of specialized and works with the other two people. But at the end of the day, like you get a really good flight controller, you still need a good skipper and, you know, some good sail good trimmers. trimmers. It'll take care of itself. Bunch of grinders. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's uh, it it it's easy to like, oh, it's flying, it's complicated and wild, and yes, some aspects of it definitely can be, and the engineering is really fascinating at you know the fine level, like talking about foil design and and sail shapes and all that, but still, the things that were true then are still true now, um, and, and I think it's easy for people to lose track of that, and I think some mm. teams in the past have lost track of that as well. Interesting. It, it, Mm. All right, well, so let's just take a little sidestep then because <clears throat> one, a lot of teams in the past would try and grab fin sailors, right? Fin sailors yeah. were very, very popular for teams. They wanted to grab, you know, before it all became falling, fin sailors were the, the go-to class in, a, in many ways. Tell yeah. us about the fin, you know, because we're about to, we've lost it now. It's out of the Olympics. So what's, what's sailing a fin like? Yeah, it's... Um you know, there's a love-hate relationship, and I guarantee you everybody that sailed the fin from one aspect, they're like, wow, it was awesome. But at the same time, they're like, dude, that boat sucks. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it, I think it has a really good blend of being able to just put the main up, pop the rudder in, and go sailing. Yet at the same time, to get, you know, that 0.01% of a knot, you know, you have to fundamentally understand the package. You know, you can change the mass bend characteristics, the, you know, sail shape, the material, the panel layout, you know, the construction of the boat itself. You know, there's still lots of stuff in low hanging fruit that, or, or technical aspects of the game, kind of like the 5.0, um, that you can improve, you know, your package. But at the end of the day, you could have the best package out there with the best sail shape and everything else. But if you don't hike your ass off mm. and you're not physically fit enough to pump the boat downwind, you know, efficiently and effectively, you're just not going to be there. Um, you know, so I, I think it when it comes to the Olympic motto, it lives up the best, you know. And, and one of the funny things that I, I kind of found when I was at the games is, you know, you're you're you walk into the games and you have all these different athletes and all that, you know, you, you look at some of the sailors and they're like, what the hell is this guy here for? <laughs> you know, it's like, this is like a dude. <laughs> you just like walk in from the best buy. Like, like you know, you know? but you know, you see a bunch of fin sailors. They're like, Oh, what sport are you in? You're like, you could be a weightlifter. You could be you know, track and field or whatever else. Right. Like yeah, yeah. you got the shot putters. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway now it's uh it, it just complements i think both aspects of the olympic aspect of sailing like you could say the laser super technique driven obviously the tactics have to be phenomenal your starting has to be amazing but you know you got a freaking round mask and you know a, a pretty mediocre sail and in the whole package there is super one design you know and and a open but fairly strict one design i think is a really really good kind of boat because you can still i mean you look at the the range of weights that we had in the fin as well and mm. how competitive people were in that range it's pretty impressive you know and and you just can't do that in boats like the 49er or you know or the laser it's like you have to weigh this amount if you're above that or below that you're kind of screwed mm. you know the, so, a, the rumor has it a gold medal was won or lost based on how many bananas the laser 
Sailor ate one in one day. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so it's, yeah, no, it's exactly right. It's, it's, uh, which has its place as well. I think that there's value, to, you know, being able to get yourself to that, that, you know, weight or, or, you know, uh, physiology clearly mm. impressive. Um, but as the whole Olympic package, I think the Finn did a pretty good job. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm a I'm a mad supporter of the damn thing. So, um, and you know, one of the things that we are really worried about is that you know what we call normal sized human beings have been excluded from sailing in the Olympics. Now, there's there's no pathway at all for any normal sized human being anymore. So, um, you know that that seems to cry all the all the um, apparently apparently it's driven by all the uh, sailing teams because mm. they're. Um, food budget. their budgets, food budgets. <laughs> <laughs> they had to scale them back a little. <laughs> yeah, well, I will I, say there was like one time I was training with the Canadian guys. They were, they were the group I spent most of my time with, and uh, we went to Costco and we walked out with like a literal pallet of food. <laughs> I think we consumed it within like four or five days. You know, it's like five massive dudes living in a house. It was crazy <laughs> amount of food we consumed. So but, one of my concerns is because. Um, you know, uh, the World Sailing and the Olymp- uh, International Olympic Committee are trying to get equality in sailing, so they want to get 50-50, um, same number of males and females competing. And I think by taking the fin out, what they've done is they've reduced the desire for women to go to the Olympics because th- there's no decent-sized human beings there anymore for them, you know. <laughs> You might be on to something. There you go. It's a good take. It's a good take. Geez, you have been thinking this way, Jules. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, so when you go and present that to World Sailing, I'll be the fly on the wall. How <laughs> it goes over. And uh, yeah, let me know. Yeah. Trust me, mate. <laughs> I, I, I've brought some specimens along with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just line them up. There you go. They listen. Don't you worry. They listen a lot. You here for a keynote, Jordan? No, but I've brought some normal sized human beings with me. Yeah. <laughs> huh? More appetizing, self-responsible, <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. see on Tinder, you never see on Tinder, um, you know, the women saying, I'm looking for a short little uh, slightly angry bloke. Men, men <laughs> under 5'6", yeah, please apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just never see it, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right, well, let's let's get to the important bit. You know, you you... That man, Zach Riley, was, you know, you were training partners for all. I think he, he went in 2012. You were training to go 2012. And then you took the spot in 2016. Um, and, you know, Zach was the last guy for the US to get a medal in 2008. And you were the next medal. So, you know, that, uh, that last race was pretty special, I suspect, uh, at the it Olympics. Was, it was, I don't know how much you know about the event, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. So... About two days before the our last day before the medal race, uh, there was actually a port starboard that was a huge deal. Um, basically, we were sailing on the ocean, Coco Vanna, huge. It was like twenty five knot day, huge swell. It was epic. And then one of the worst things they ever did with the coverage, which I think they should do with every single displacement boat, is whenever it's epic and crazy out, they're the only boats that can go sailing. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the times you need to film them when you're having these huge waves and it's freaking blowing. You know, twenty five to thirty. You know, tops of the waves getting blown off. That's that. I mean, to be frank, I think it's kind of cooler looking than a board or 
you know, a kite flying around in flat water at speed. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, they're not capsizing or doing anything like that. Like you see a boat go and it, it, it's, it can totally change the entire race. You know, someone's, you know, leading and then all of a sudden has a tip or whatever. So um, anyway, we're sailing out there. There's a port starboard. Turns out the guy, well, I knew the guy was lying about the port starboard cross. And, but just due to the way that the rules of sailing are written, um, it was up to me to kind of prove that I was innocent because he wouldn't have protested unless he, there was an infraction. So I get chucked. I go from having metal contention because I got second in that race to mm. like out of the top 10, mm. basically Olympics at that stage. So I knew he was lying, but I go in to reopen the hearing. And fortunately that night, the broadcasters had found like it was so random that they had any video of that start but there was a broadcaster from the ibc international broadcasting service that uh had video of the start me clearly crossing right so everyone else is on the rest day i'm back at the boat park trying to reopen the hearing but of course that has to happen after all the other sailors come in from their events you know so i'm there until six o'clock get the hearing reopened but they can't resolve it because the other party's not there because it's a reserve day so now i have to sail the whole next day not knowing if i'm basically going to get reinstated wow. for this race that'll totally change my oh, wow. so i sail this day no idea <laughs> it was a mediocre day it was a really like the, one of the hardest courses was the uh the Niteroi course which is kind of right by just below the airport or i think it was east of the airport or west i can't remember from the time but um that come back in the other guy didn't show up to the protest and uh yeah basically i was reinstated uh as second which get me one point and i was like i can't remember what it was it was like six or seven points behind the guy who was in third who yeah. was the guy who lied about the cross yeah. so i literally had to beat the guy that ended up putting me through all this bs to then go off and win a medal and almost got the second if the uh, Slovenian guy uh, got last in the race, but he he's, he's a great sailor, but silly, you know, so uh, hats off to him. But um, no, it was uh it was a pretty dramatic thing and obviously won the medal race by quite a bit. And yeah, yeah one angry mate eh? over on the right side and that right, he came in. So I'm not a religious man, but hey, <laughs> hey <you can. laughs> if it works, it works. <laughs> so, Just looking up into the mountain there and there he was, exactly. had his arms out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, come on. If you're going to come through, now's the time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. I love it. So, yeah, cool. so yeah. how intense did the pre-Olympics go um, with uh, all the training and with Zach? and Far harder than the Olympic Games, to be honest, which mm. sounds crazy with all that. But, uh, yeah, no, so I basically <clears> – <throat> Zach did the 2012 games. My goal, and, and kind of to go back to what you were saying earlier, you know, with my my thought of how I was going to get to winning a medal, um, you know, realizing this, the, the hill I had to climb is I knew I wasn't going to go to the 2012 games. You know, my goal was always to go to 2016. Um, and yeah, Zach basically came back a year and a half before the 2016 Olympics and started training with his kind of old training group. So that was Jonas Christensen, uh, Chris Cook. I don't know if he was sailing then, but, you know, some of the other guys that he kind of grew up with. Um, and then I was off, you know, doing my thing. And the first uh, first Worlds he actually sailed was down in New Zealand in 2015. Um, you know, so the pressure was mounting and mounting and mounting, and the Olympic trials came down to the last race. Uh mm -hmm nine o'clock in the morning in Barcelona and 
there was a protest that happened before. Pretty interesting how the whole thing shook out. I ended up winning that protest, but due to the infraction, I actually wanted to have a rule two violation, meaning that he would get a DNE. The jury chucked him, but didn't give him a DNE. So basically, we're like, you were wrong, but it was weird. So I ended up having to count my drop. I went from leading by 10 points to being behind by 10 points. And I had to put 10 points between Zach and I in a you know one hour race at 930 in the morning in Barcelona. Oh, and that wow. was my Olympics right there. Wow. I became an Olympian or not in six years of training. You know, and it's it's funny because Hang on. a lot of people are like, oh, well, it still would have been worth it if you hadn't gone and all that. And it's like, OK, yes. But at the same time. The fact of the matter is, is everyone's going to look at you like a charity case or, you know, someone who didn't make it, you know, and and no one likes <laughs> to mention that or say that, but it's true. It's Jordan. It's Jordan gets that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so basically Zach came after me. He's a really aggressive sailor. And this is where holding your cards close to your chest, but knowing your competition really well plays into your hands. So, yeah, I was prepared like down low in the box we started doing the circles i knew that he wanted to go left so i was slowly drifting right before the pre-start and like hit up to a bunch of pack of boats long enough close enough to the start time that he couldn't come back to me and he hit it left around the top mark in second and he rounded in like 64th or something like that and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, was the craziest race of my life for sure wow. like, the olympics was cool but that olympic trial race that was that was by far the craziest race of my I, life it's sure. a it's a good story, mate, but I'm calling bullshit because um, there's no way they're having a race at 10 in the morning in Barcelona. There'd be no one awake. <laughs> no one there. No, no start committee. <laughs> well, we had to do it so early because the medal race was like after that because I think, you know, I can't remember what position we were. It didn't matter. It was like who beat who at that point in time. Yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. It's awesome. Like what comes across is a certain – like. <clears throat> what really clearly comes across with you is a certain level is a hundred percent honesty, you know, like with yourself and with everyone, with everything. So, uh, well, I love that, you know, like uh, we we that's the the thing we call for all the time. So I think Bice would be pretty ecstatic to hear that. And you also, you know, you're really intense in your focus and what you want, and you you go after it when you're out there sailing. So you'd be a pretty intense competitor. Yeah, no, like uh, my theory is is you know you're. If, everyone signs on the dotted line this is the the terms of conditions that we've all agreed to you know and if that's the case i'm gonna rip your throat out as long as we're on those lines like that's just what it is like sorry like um you know and the honesty thing i think it's extremely important at least it has been for me because and i think one of the things the olympics kind of conditions you to is it eliminates all bullshit doesn't doesn't matter you know like Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I struggle in some other aspects of sailing is kind of the the you politics, know, the politics of it, because at the end of the day, it's like, are you fucking ready on the day? Did you train hard enough? You know, did you eat well enough? Mm-hmm. You know, if you did all those mm-hmm. things and had a good training program going into it and it's not like the Olympics doesn't give a shit, <laughs> just, just doesn't fucking give it. There's like yeah. those are the three best and go on. That's it. Sorry. Right. Like yeah, yeah. there's no participation award, you know? And uh, I really, I really value that, you know, and I, I think more teams would be better to kind of have that mentality or, or structure kind of built within them. Yeah. They should sound- change the slogan for the Olympics. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it is now, but just have it. 
there's no participation award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be good. That would be good. Yeah, hey, uh, where's your bronze medal now, Caleb? So I actually live on a boat. Uh, so it's up in San Francisco sitting on the boat, yeah. Okay, but, so just yeah, for the at... listeners before, yeah. when we were talking yeah. about the Sabo, just yeah. handy, you lean your hand up, you got the clog down, which had the bloody, <laughs> had the inscription on there that you'd, what you'd won. But well, um, was, no bronze medal. Believe it or not, this is believe it or not. This is my brother's actually. Oh. <laughs> 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 he was a much better Sabbath sailor than I was. Oh, All right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Bron- back to the bronze medal. You live on the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 there's so many more Olympic stuff things, but there's so much more you've done, and we really need to move on to it. But um, I yeah. do want to ask just a general question before we do that. It doesn't sound like anyone could get under your skin like you know with a bit of uh, a psych a bit of psych on the beach or on the water we, we're mad promoters of that you know psyching someone out Banter. has Banter. anyone oh, I'm, I'm good at doing it to other people oh, I love here we go. It people. <laughs> so like what one of the things i would do is like you know there's the guys who are the light air specialists and the, the kind of breeze specialists and uh and me i was like i don't give a shit like what bring it on like um and so if it's like a light air day, you know, you'd go to you go to the big guys and be like, man, do you guys hear about the forecast? It's like so <laughs> out there, you know, and you see them sweating and then you're like round the top mark and you look, they're like at 40th. You're like, oh, you know? and vice versa, you know, man, I heard it's really windy out there, man. I'm like 35. That's what I heard. It's crazy. You know, and the little guys like sweating, you know, and like flipping all the way into the race course. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh we love, may live in yeah, we sure. may live in different nations but went to the same school <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always good it's always good to oh, love it. Yeah. Right, so, i mean this is this is this is as long as it's done with the right uh, you know everyone everyone understands yeah. it's it's good yeah, so um Mad respect. Maybe you could set up a. That could be one of your income streams. Setting up a, a bit of a bit of banter uh, lines. Yeah, banter <laughs> lines and psychology <laughs> stuff. Do you be a banter consultant or yeah, something? Yeah. <laughs> we'll introduce it. Talk consultant. Yeah. Well, Hang on, writing this down. We'll introduce. We'll introduce <laughs> you to Fritz. Um, with with uh, one of the things that came from that, of course, is the the role with American Magic, where you became one of the sailors in the thirty six America's Cup. And obviously, last week we had uh, young Tyson Lamond on, who you'd know quite well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about the cup experience for you. It was a unique one for American Magic. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Um, so I, I kind of came into the team right as the whole team was moving down to Auckland. Obviously, it was the whole COVID thing and all that craziness. Um, and I was originally one of the sailors and still was always one of the backup sailors sailed on the boat a couple times, not a huge amount, but just due to my sailing background, I was asked to do all the recon because the team didn't have like a, a, a solid recon guy at the time. Um, so, still in costume. Yeah. Still in costume. <laughs> <laughs> you stay the big... But, but... Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> See, Bicey, you went to. Uh, I went to. The first thing I thought of was he's reconning all the bars along the waterfront there, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Well, it's it. Well, it's it's the recon thing was actually kind of important because none of the boats were ever able to sail against each other, right? Yeah, so it'd be nearly impossible to try to you know compare and contrast like what the two boats were doing. Um, so yeah, just based off my sailing background, they were like, Hey, you know, uh, would you take this on? I was like, sure. Um, 
so yeah that's what i basically did i was in a rib doing you know 50 freaking knots following these crazy boats around with a fifteen thousand dollar camera and taking photos and trying to understand systems and uh yeah basically kind of give the best information i could to our designers you know and sailors to make our package the best we could to uh to go off and compete at the at the you know uh, challengers cup and then the then the america's cup hopefully yeah from a former guest joey yeah. newton mm-hmm. was yeah, yeah. uh recon he was playing the recon role i think came and spied on you guys a bit actually i'm sure yeah so yeah. maybe um you should have just done a deal just handed over a few photos each. Yeah, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah we need a club. Yeah, be flat out down here. Former union, the oh. recon union. It's true too, because then you're not having to go full throttle on the rib. You can just like Ugh. find a nice little spot yeah. in Raggy Kodo, have a lunch. You know, <laughs> you guys could go all be sitting. In the- oh, it's crazy out here, guys. Like. <laughs> uh, just it's true. In hindsight, that would have been the way to do it yeah, for yeah. sure. I could see you and Joey. Which essentially they're doing now, right? Yeah. 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 That's well, now, the now it's like all, I guess, I don't know how that works, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah they yeah. have to report it in and send it all out. Interesting how, how honest, like some people will be with that, but mm. we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Who'd have thought, eh? So um, <laughs> one of the first things that I thought of is maybe, uh, you know, they've, the recon role was selected, not necessarily on your sailing knowledge, but more on the ability less likely to get beaten up. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe that's true honestly one of the most that was one of the f- best parts about it was just getting under the skin because you know obviously oh, like yourself yeah, you know the banter and all that i would love oh man it was nothing better than early in the morning someone thinks they're revealing something and no one's going to be around and there was me there was another one too there the brits were revealing their boat too for the first time and we had and we were our bases were right next to each other so we had the scissor lifts, you know, like the scissor lifts you go and work yeah. on the boat or else. So I got in the scissor lift with a massive camera and just, there's a photo of me somewhere, like totally extended <laughs> on our base shooting into theirs. And they were like, what the hell? I was like, hey man, it's hilarious. And it's kind of fun. Like, You're at eye level with someone in the sky tower. <laughs> That's why you need the big camera to get back. <laughs> exactly exactly so no it was it was cool it was fun but the uh the technology of it is is was one of the cool things about it because i I am pretty fascinated with all that for instance i like work on all my own cars and i i race them for fun on the side you know and stuff like that so the mechanical aspect and the and the equipment aspect kind of the fin as well um you know this is just bigger and cooler and faster and more powerful and that was what the the ac thing was was really sweet to be a part of that's pretty, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. We've had a couple of guys who are into cars um, come yeah. on in on the show. but A lot, to, a lot of crossovers between motorsport yeah, and, and... both technical sports. But yeah, to be yeah. into racing cars in America, you know, that's that's quite a lot of bravery because, you know, at least our cars can go around corners in the rest of the world. It's, you know. Well, see... In America, you've got to put them on cars, bikes. So... <laughs> I have a German car, so it's all good. Ah, okay, yeah, copy. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say because we don't actually have health insurance and you guys do, so I'm like, that's actually more of a reason. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, where was it going? We're completely. We're having too much fun. This this is a disaster. <laughs> we're having just too much fun. Um, so are you are you 
in discussions now with any of the cup teams? No. So, so basically, um, was asked, you know, there were some talks with, uh, American magic, but you know, kind of went our separate ways. So, uh, yeah, no, not, not at the moment. And one of the things that I would love to do is to somehow have another team, I think in the U S would be, would be really sweet to have. Obviously it's a very difficult thing to do and you need someone with, uh, some financial resources to, to help make that happen. But my, my perspective is the more teams, the better. Um, and it does nothing but lift the competition from both, both sides, you know, um, you know, and, and yeah, so who knows what, what brings in the future, but hopefully, uh, time will tell. Well, the, the other guy that's probably potentially doing that's just funding a thing called sale GP at the moment. So, you know, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's other, there's, you know, America has a lot of billionaires. Yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah. I think in San Francisco alone, there's like just the San Francisco zip code. It's like over a hundred or something like that. So yeah, it's quite a bit yeah. of wealth in a very small area. Wow. It, it, where Bicey was born, um, claims to be the spot in the world with the most millionaires per head. Um, but, yeah. you know, there's only one billionaire, I think, over there. So um, you've probably got that record in San Fran, you know, more the most billionaires per head, you know. Crazy. Here's crazy. A cra- like, just a crazy way to visualise a million relative to a billion. Yeah. So if someone gave you a dollar every second, you'd be a millionaire in 12 days. Yeah. If someone gave you a dollar every second, it would take you 32 years to become a billionaire. Wow. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know anyone that's willing to give me a dollar every second, but I'm willing to be there for them. <laughs> willing to accept it? <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's yeah, exactly. just, we're all here. We can split the dollar. I think we'll still all be pretty okay. <laughs> down. We can, we'll share. I'm into it. Well, um, <clears throat> I do have to. I, obviously, I'm biased, and, and Bice is probably going to get grumpy here. But uh, let's talk about the five O world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did that whole show come about? Yeah, so so Stu McNay and I knew each other from the Olympic sailing, and uh, he retired, and I retired from from fin sailing, and um, yeah, we were kind of doing some pro sailing and stuff, and just were missing that dingy aspect of of sailing because I'm I'm hand up, you know, for me personally, dinghies are the best boats out there. They just are. They're awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I sailed with, uh, Mike Martin and Howie, just kind of some of the stuff in, in the Bay area. And I said, Stu, I think this is something we would definitely, you know, have a lot of fun with and, and purely for fun. Um, let's go and do it. So we did our first event together in Clearwater. I think it was the, it was the pre North Americans and then the North American event in Clearwater, mm-hmm. Florida. And we won the pre North Americans and. If it wasn't for the double drop, would have won the North Americans, but second at the North Americans to Mike and Adam. Mm. Uh, and yeah, our goal was always to go do the Worlds, and now we're sailing the five zero. So yeah, we're actually going to do the PCCs next weekend in Santa Cruz. So yeah, um, it, it was cool to have you guys come into the class because you sort of um, you know it was pretty in, impressive, you know, because you were a hundred percent consistent right across. But they're they're a hard boat to to go fast in straight away. So you guys have done that but the, the one thing about the americans and i bicey knows i mentioned this non-stop they share information so it's pretty you get up to speed in the states real quick yeah i think i think being at a small team like uh or or even an organization like you know the, the us 505 fleet 
or even within the boat or some massive, you know, uh, um, corporation or sailing team. Everyone should have a voice, you know, and just because they may, no one's ever going to bat a thousand right off the bat and have the great idea, you know, but to get those ideas out there, communicated, discussed, they'll then evolve into something that's probably pretty special, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the more you limit yourself to, you know, these kind of little enclaves, um, yeah, the worse off you are, you know, and uh, it, it's, it shows in obviously the, the US 505 group, it showed in corporations like Lockheed Martin and bending the SR-71 Blackbird and crazy stuff like that. It's, there's a common thread, like there's just a common thread of everyone being on the same page and being able to discuss ideas is just better than three or four people Individuals. Saying, this mm -hmm. is the way it's going to be and tough shit. You know, I reckon, like, um, yeah. the fact you've gone from Finn to 505, but the fact that 50s weren't in the Olympics has created that culture. So it's, or sure. if the 50s were an Olympic boat, that culture may have been taken away a little bit. I, I totally agree. And I think one of the things that always, that it takes a really great leader to do is when resources are scarce to still embrace that mentality of sharing and openness and communication, right? Because the lack of resources, what gets everyone to close off and say, oh no, like I'm keeping mine over Not here. Wire, you know, yeah. it'd be, it'd be that, be it money, be it, you know, influence, be it, you know, results, whatever it may be, those people will close off, right? Um, and that's where it takes someone who's, you know, kind of extraordinary to say, hey, you know, there's going to be money there. We're all going to share. We all have a common goal. And guess what? If we win, everything gets better, you know? Mm. So getting everyone to be kind of on the same page is a revolutionary thing. I mean, not revolutionary, but it's, it's a game-changing thing, you know? And it's so simple, yet it's so hard to manifest and, and, and incorporate into a program. Mate, I'm sitting here listening to this thinking this is your corporate uh, public speaking audition tape going on, but then I started thinking about the Americans, uh, what we hear about the US states at the moment. Um, perhaps yeah. you should run for bloody politician. They might, they might do a good job. I like, I like sailing a lot more. <laughs> There's a limit to how many boxes of files you can keep on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the nice thing about a boat is at the end of the day, if shit hits the fan, you can just disappear. Just <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no, no. Oh, hang on there for me. Oh, coming. Okay. Autopilot on. Off she goes. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's nice about a boat, in all honesty, and, and you know, I thought about when you started talking about the five O, uh, we started talking about the five O's, that all the, the, the nice thoughts came back. But this, it happens across nearly all the classes, is that it's just, you go out and you do this thing intensely and in most instances, in most classes, you come back and one, people do share information and people are really helpful to get you up to speed. But, you know, you just have such a good time, you know, like you get to go around the world. Like I was thinking in Ireland, how much fun was Ireland, you know, like in oh, such it, cool it's people. It's a country that I hadn't really been to either and it was amazing. It's gorgeous, yeah. cool, nicest people. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's just so good, you know, even though there was no wind. and But everyone was – it was so good. You haven't seen people – I hadn't seen a few people for about 10 years. And, you know, it was just straight back into it. Everyone taking the yeah. piss out of Jordan again. So it was, you know, everything was normal. So, Well, when something's simple, it's easy to do, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so did, did you enjoy sailing the, that, that boat, the 5 I really do. The five O's in, and the cool thing too is, you know, obviously coming from skippering, but then, you know, the crewing aspect, 
um, it's, it's awesome to learn a different discipline and kind of have a better mm. understanding and appreciation for that. Um, you know, the physicality of it's fun. And, and, you know, the way that Stu and I would do tactics is I would do it upwind and he would do it downwind, you know, and the discussion there and the dynamic and knowing, you know, for, for instance, like one of the things that happened was when we got the seventh in that race, which kind of led us, if, if we hadn't have followed up with the, you know, the results we got afterwards left us a little vulnerable, mm. um, you know, cause the points were actually pretty close then, mm. you know, and, and me from my experience and I, I kind of enjoy for some reason, stress and pressure seemed to bring out the best in me, um, you know, and, and looking at Stu and, and I think he gets a little nervous and being able to, you know, lend that hand and going over to him and be like, Hey man, being that, that calm, you know, person being like, we got this, don't worry about it here. We fucking go, you know, and, uh, and then making it happen. So, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool to, to be a part of the team and, and, and contribute in a different manner that I'm used to. Yeah. I can I can see that in your relationship. Having Stu on the show and he's yeah. sitting there with the one Jordan Spencer a little bit nervous, you could see. His Guinness was yeah. shaking a little bit during the uh broadcast. Yeah. Carly, we've just come here come here and owned it. I think we found <laughs> our third post. <laughs> oh, it's like it, 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 for instance, the the thing that I that you look at in, in a situation like that is no one's perfect in all areas, right? We all have areas we can improve. Hold you on, know? hold on. You... <laughs> okay, well, except for you, of course. There's one exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it's it. I look at that as something awesome. Like, okay, sweet. Mm. Stu is an assassin when it comes to mm. his ability to feel a boat and how to set it up. Like, it, it's incredible. Like, we'll be sailing along in the five zero, and he's like, "Oh, uh, we'll go jibbly up just a hair, do one crack here." And then I just look over my shoulder and I'm like, okay, higher, faster, freaking gone. You know, it, from that aspect, he honestly, of all the people I've ever sailed with, he's the best in the world. Mm, and, sure. Um, and, uh, but you know, for me and my, my kind of cow, maybe it's a California thing or the fact that I've had such a wild, crazy, stressful kind of Olympic campaigning thing. I'm just relaxed around it, you know? And I get uh, rattled. yeah. So it's, it's like, from that I can help him. And from this, like I'm learning from Stu every time I go sailing with him. That's one of the things I love more than anything is, you know, every time we go on the water, I'm like, okay, so what do you feel? Okay. I got it. Like, you know, and, and kind of understanding how he looks at a boat and then trying to incorporate some of that into my sailing is, uh, has been mm. great. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good fun. That's what, again, you know, talking about sailing in general, because you never, you never, everything's different. Every boat's different, you know. When I try and explain sailing to, to people, we, you know, when we teach people sailing, you say, okay, in, you know, it might be five knots and you say, you've got to do this, this and this. And then get, the next day they turn up, it's 20 knots and you say, oh, don't do that, don't do that, you know, because everything changes in our sport, you know, the boats are different, but also when the wind changes, the way we set it, because we're chasing balance all the time. But yeah. <clears throat> that because of that because you're always learning it keeps it interesting the whole time you know that's my theory yeah no absolutely mm. um any superstitions mate you know you you talk a good game so i just wonder if there's there's a weakness there is it um is there any superstitions like wearing 1970s shorts or no no yeah zero superstitions no mm. yeah it's uh yeah nothing i can think of a good place to start some banter though mm-hmm you you guys oh, sure. have your banana this morning? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be coming in from the southwest. 
Woo! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true. It's definitely a good uh, good thing to pick at. I love it. <laughs> um, have uh, you got any superstitions, Jordan? Nah, not at all. Not red at undies. No. Nah. Red hair. Oh yeah, we got that one. Yeah. Well, um. Uh, no. 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 No, no, I, I do sort of, once I once the gun, first gun goes, or my mentality, I have a little switch that I switch on, but always got to be a lot of relaxed, happy, you know. But uh, the psychology and the um, the intensity of sailing, you've got you to keep that out is what I reckon. And so you just, you work a process, but then when you've got to know when to switch that intensity on and depending on what sort of boat you're on, of course. If you're on a keel boat with 10 other guys, you've got to tone it down a bit. That took me a long time to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a superstition's a weakness, you know, and yeah. uh, that's why I try to make sure that no one can get any rattle me or, or mess with me anyway. So I try to eliminate anything that could potentially be, you know, an outlier that someone could use against me. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's my theory on it. Yeah. But. Interesting, Matt. Um, <clears throat> I do want to check, just to, as an outsider, the the you you went up against the English or the British Finn team, right? Which was well, your whole area, like you, everyone was almost racing for second for a long time. For, for sure, they they clearly had an amazing squad and and an amazing program for sure. Yeah, what do you and now they're all sailing together on America's Cup boat. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, what do you reckon yeah. their secret was? Do you got any ideas? Well. So coming from the U.S., I can just say like from the U.S. and then spectating, like looking at them, um, you know, there's no doubt the British sailing team had more money than everybody else, you know. Uh, oh, no doubt. You know, and, and I mean, for, here, here's an example. So Giles, for instance, he would get 40,000 pounds just in salary, right? Just here you go for being a good sailor. There's 40,000 pounds. All of the equipment was taken care of, travel, coach, and then every, you know, all that was also managed as well, like mm. and given to them through the British sailing team. Um, my first trip to Europe, I slept in the back of a little tiny Fiat Fiorino. It's like this tiny little shitter. Like, you know, like, have you ever legs, seen them? Legs hanging out, each front yeah, window. If, if you've ever been to Europe, they're the ones that are like delivering baguettes around. Like, that was the thing that I freaking slept in. Just right? one step up from the Piaggio yeah. happy. A hundred percent. So I was like, you know, I was sleeping on people's floors, sleeping in that thing. You know, the first boat, I actually never personally bought my own fin because I couldn't afford it. It was purely donors that, you know, my, my parents, my mom's a, she was an ICU nurse. My dad was a middle school teacher. I didn't come from a lot of money like a lot of sailors do in the U.S. So everything that I ever had was through donation and through the community that I've been involved with. Mm. Um, you know, and I, that amount of, resources and then you give that to multiple people the level's just going to get better and better and better you know and then they have someone to document that information and you know catalog it through generations so they have all the bend characteristics of every single sailor over you know four quads clearly that's going to be data that you could then go and use to make a better product in the end you know and the problem in the u.s is literally every single person pretty much restarts the same process yeah. every time they yeah. go to Olympic camp. Mm. I, I mean, that's it, a very difficult thing to come from, right? Mm. Instead of like, here's our book or the Holy Grail, go look through it. You need it this, this, this. You're going to be pretty competitive from the get-go instead yeah. of like, uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, you know? So yep. 
you know, it's in, uh, in not to be mean to us sailing. And I, I now coach the young uh, laser guys, the ODP guys. I mean, I didn't have a full-time coach till seven months before the Olympic games in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was be- literally my training partners with the Canadian guys. That's why I love them more to death. And I go to, you know, go to Toronto just to visit them and party with them because some of my best friends. And it was the yep. reason I was able to do what I did was because yeah. they lent, uh, you know, a, a lending hand to me in a time of need. So, yeah. I think, I think you've nailed it a hundred percent, mate. A hundred percent that, that the money's won, but that whole, that non, not losing that knowledge. That's yeah. the critical thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause think about it in the U S when someone is done, they're just like, sell everything. Now I'm going to go, you know, sell aluminum siding, you know, <laughs> whatever. The hell I do, you know? Like, whatever. Like, I'm going to go sell insurance. You're like, okay. Like, you know, you're going to have the next gen. Nope. But whatever they're on their own, you know, and it's, it's sad, but you can understand if there isn't a financial, you know, system to kind of capture and then pass that on. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask the, the 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 sailors to do it either. I mean, their job is to go off and sail. You know, it's not to be record keepers to give to the next generation, right? You know, it's uh, it's an institutional problem, I would say. But yeah, I was going to say, but my my first trip to Europe, I remember distinctly with my good buddy Sandy Higgins. Um, <clears throat> we're in this little Renault thing, and uh, he took the front seat laid that right yeah. back and was nice and relaxed. So I didn't couldn't get the back seat because he was across it. So I, I lay Jordan in, took the roof rack. Uh, <laughs> I lay in the boot and I put, you know, <laughs> went to sleep in the boot. But it was so small, my feet were on the ground in the car. Like they were actually touching the ground out the back, you know. Like it was just the worst night. Uh, anyway, that's, that's just – but we've all done it. Otherwise, you know, how do you become such humble, nice human beings? <laughs> <laughs> oh you got good stories you know that, <laughs> that's it you, that's you always look back on it in a good way yeah, yeah exactly hey mate um we're done we've sort of chewed up a lot of time but i think both bites and i are enjoying this a bit too much so you want to stay on for the rest of our banter that we've got coming up sure yeah any questions before we roll into that boss um no let's roll and just see where this ends up who knows? I, I would I would like to quickly just say something if I can. Of course, um, my friend. Yeah. So so I just want to say, like, for the US audience specifically, um, one of the things that I think is an issue is I'm really passionate about junior sailing. My dad runs the Treasure Island Sailing Center uh in San Francisco, which brings inner city kids and gets them, you know, out in boats and, and kind of getting appreciation for the water and, and the sport we all love. You know, and I I want all the yacht clubs and yacht club members out there, maybe the kids might be annoying. Maybe they might frustrate you a little bit. Maybe they leave their clothes out where they shouldn't or a boat, you know, or something else there. But if we want this sport to continue on in the U S please try the best you can do to facilitate getting these juniors out, getting them sailing, getting them out on the water you know, and, and, and expressing that thing that we all love, you know, and I, there were adults that helped me out and this guy, Doug Hart, um, and Scott Finkboner, who's down here in San Diego that were huge to kind of opening my eyes to sailing and the competitive aspect of sailing, you know, and, uh, don't underestimate the value that lending a helping hand to someone who's trying to get into this sport at a young age. 
the value of that could change their life and continue, you know, the clubs that we all love and the sailing we all love and the sport we all love, you know, so be it racing, be it cruising, whatever it may be, just try to do your best to, uh, um, look out for those and help out when you can. So, yeah, it's, it's just something that it, it, stuck in my craw a little bit, you know, there's mm. friction that I think a lot of these young kids get, um, and, and try to put yourself in their shoes and remember when you were a kid and, and, uh, and embrace that instead of, you know, meet it with hostility or frustration. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Just wanted no, to that, that is good. Cause there's two key terms that come out of that, right. And that's grassroots and volunteerism. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time doing that, but, um, to actually sure. open those doors, yeah. to those young kids to expose them to something that literally they thought they can't even touch is extremely important. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah. Love it. Sounds great. More people should do it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's my philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody, everybody should sail. That's a good thing. Um, and I mean, Bice is one of those guys. He gives all his time. He gives a lot of time. That's why they call him the Bice Commodore. Um <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to a bit of other news and, you know, our traditional stuff here that we talk about. Um, our club events, boys, I want to ask a question. Do you, when I say a diamond, do you guys remember what the diamond looks like? You know, the yacht, the diamond? It's a it's a pommy design. Mm. They're in Australia. They're, I don't know if they're in the States, Carla, but... Yeah. I think I've seen them now. Okay, if you... If you visualise a lightweight sharpie and an etchel crashing into each other, and the the the, the boat that emerges from it is what you, Bice is looking it up, and the minute I'm he sees looking it up <laughs> frantically, I could see him looking it up. The minute he sees it, he'll he'll get it. It's basically if you if you crashed a lightweight sharpie into a diamond, uh, into a, an etchel, you've got a diamond, right? Um, the reason I bring that up though. Yeah, Bicey's just going, yeah, is because uh, there'll be a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them sail down in Victoria and they'll be part of the uh, Geelong Festival of Sales, which will be happening 26 to 29 January. I just wanted to pull that up. Uh, and I just thought I'd give the diamond a plug because I kind of like them. They're a bit of a retro old cool thing that I, I dig. Um, something something that kind of fits our, you know, our vibe is that retro cool thing. Mm, mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I like cool. it. Yeah, there you go. Got two trapeze, yeah. It can do, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like a keel boat. Yeah, look at that thing. That thing's yeah. very wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reminds yeah. me a bit of the, sh- what is it, the Shields up in uh, oh, yeah. Newport? Yeah. Right on. Anyway, but it was just a roundabout way to get to talking about and telling everyone that Festival of Sales is coming up 26 to 29 January. We'll do a bit more on that before before that just to get people fired up. Part of the sailing scene, thousands of boats. I think they're like, to the 179th edition of that event, Festival of Sales. Yeah, right. Yeah, which is insane because Australia's only, you know, only have white Not even that old. Only have white people in it for (laughs) a certain amount of time. Anyway, uh, the other one uh, during the week was the announcement of the Route de Rum, uh, the Race Mm. to Guadeloupe. Uh, Do you have any desire to go offshore, Caleb? Mm. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. No, actually – Secretly, one of my great passions would be to have a U.S. Jules Verne attempt. I think would be yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, it is like not so oh. secret now, my friend. <laughs> oh, there you go. But, Any uh, of those billionaires in San Fran listening yeah, in? Hit me up. Just give us a dollar per second for the next. 
<laughs> well, it's um, it, it's one of those things where uh, it is the ultimate sailing. You know, it, it's why sailing was created, crossing oceans. It, it's it's the yeah. coolest. You know? So, yeah, that'd be an awesome, awesome thing to do at some point in time. Cool. Well, that, so um, I rode to run, though. Um, hmm. Got 50 plus, I think, 50 plus class 40s. Damn. Mm. Insane. Um, 36 awesome. eye mockers. Mm. And yeah, plenty of uh, falls might be washing up on beaches somewhere. Eight old teams, mate. <laughs> and eight old teams, yeah. yeah. So, um, it, look, it's uh, it's coming up. So, it's one of the big ones for the year. Uh, uh, all the Frenchies will go on their annual holiday across to Guadeloupe or biannual holiday. Um, so, yeah, uh, just wanted to bring that up as an event, just remind people that's coming up. So, they're talking about it. Um, interesting times definitely one we follow with great interest because there's always uh, at the finish of course there's there's a few islands to hit um and you know it's a it's a big course depending on what sort of boat you're on they run different different laps and different course so yeah that's all just wanted to mention it nah good one and one of the well keeping in mind the route to run was the reason the start of the volvo got delayed uh, yes, it was. Um, based yes. on the del- the original delays, uh, Volvo, the ocean race rather, yeah. the the delays that were caused via COVID and it was delayed one year, which would have clashed. Um, and, of course, there's several ocean race teams doing the route to run. So from that point of view, it'd be good to watch as well. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Um, Jack Lloyd, listener of the week. Jack Lloyd, of course, one of our great mates who passed, unfortunately, a uh, legend of the sport. Um, listener of the week, I want, I'm going for Ross Vickers because you, our listeners, Bicey, you've destroyed our listener base, mate, because all those names that have been coming in for the American, uh, the AM40, the American Magic version of the 40, uh, America's yep. Cup 40, we don't have to have really i can't put any of the swear words to air right? i just can't do it right and so just to bring carla into the into oh, yeah. the yeah. Uh, combo here so last year we told we had the we're talking about the uh the you know, america's cup 40 footer and they yeah, didn't yeah. have a name for it at american magic yet so we kind of canvassed the listener yeah. to ask to send some names in <laughs> yeah what kind of names did you come up with well, we pretty much can't tell you about any of them. <laughs> well, we've put an E on this one anyway, so on this episode. Uh, but we did get one from Ross Vickers, which I actually really liked, okay? Um, and the rest of you, pick up your level of behaviour. Um, he suggested, because each team's getting two, he suggested American Magic, he suggested calling him the boats Pen and Teller. That's pretty good. I like that's that. I like yeah, that yeah, a lot. Because yeah. I like that sort of. Uh, there's a common straight sense. out of Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know the ma- the magic combination, the whole thing. I I, I like that a lot. So um, I just wanted to to mention that you other blokes and then then of oh sorry go on oh, the, you other blokes that sent all those other suggestions in think I can read that on air like Mark Disney you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> how how am I supposed to read that uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I just then of course we can't go past uh, Dom Kime who sent in his uh, sent a note in basically saying BP's moved on. 
he, he doesn't want to be part of the show anymore. Yeah, yeah, he has. <laughs> so, so maybe that'll get BP into gear. Well, no, I, I, I'll tell you what will get BP into gear. Caleb. Caleb's been on fire, mate. Well, BP should feel threatened is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, I'm voting for Ross. Yeah, Ross. We'll go, Ross. Ross, uh, well, there no, may or on. may not be a merchandise pack on but its way, my friend. If he wins the name, we've guaranteed a hat. We've guaranteed a hat from American Magic. So we'll keep sending the names in. We'll keep it open until we've got enough, randomly enough, and we'll just stop. Okay? So, yeah. Ole, 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 ole. Feeling hot, hot, hot. It's hot time with Bice. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Don't know if you've come across this episode before, <laughs> Carla, but um, <laughs> just hot a good time. way. Good way to uh, create a bit of bet. Normally, if we're just without the guest on, I'm, you know, in a pair of tracksuit pants with the uh, buttons down the side, rip them off. Oh, hey, don't <laughs> do a bit of a dance around town. By all means, do your thing. You can just see the look on your face, mate. Like, he's going, he's going <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Have you got anything, boss? Oh, yeah, no, the biggest one um, is actually the. Uh, AC40. Yep. Uh, that's coming out this week. Yep. Um, every media outlet's given their um, little bit of banter on it, yep. so to speak. But one, the best one I saw was first day sailing, fully foiling, tacking, jibing um, with some novices on board. <laughs> <laughs> Those novices being like Ray Davies. Nathan Outerich. Sam Meach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hang on. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mate, have you uh, have you seen them seen the AC forty or I haven't yet. No, actually I'll I'll run a quick Google here and uh take a look. Oh, I, knew, I knew they were coming out, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I reckon it is the coolest looking little thing. Um and did you see what happened though, day two? I didn't oh, see day oh. two, but day what well, day one was post Tying it with the hydrogen yep. falling chase boat. Yeah. And perfect falling jibe, falling tack, first time, every time, no problems. Day two, um, nose dived at letting yeah, go of the t- They're cool little boats. Yeah. I remember, yeah, seeing it here. Yeah, yeah. they're definitely, uh, yeah, there's something special for sure. Yep. So I had a capsized day two, just letting go off the tow boat. Because, of course, you know, half your, your riding moment comes from having speed over those falls. So um, the minute you – if you let it go too slow, you've got no riding moment from the falls, so it fell over. But uh, then it hit 40-something knots as well that day. So, um, But yes. how cool are they? I just – I like the look of them, you know. Like, I don't know if you guys – but that – I reckon, like, with that tow boat, yeah. the hydrogen-powered tow boat's got the same – like, they've really gone for a certain – it's sort of like look and feel, just to buy the public over to say, we're taking our cup and going to Europe. Farewell. It, it it'd be kind of sweet to have uh, emerging teams just be able to buy the forties and maybe be a part of the next program without having to commit to a seventy-five. Yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. It, it would be good actually just to get there. Um, I think they'd they'd probably quite keen to do something like that, um, having read the protocol, but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they. I, I, I think it's a great idea. It, uh, you know, obviously, uh, falling be, is becoming more and more prominent. But uh, hmm. so, um, couple of things that came from it is mm-hmm. one, 
those plans we looked at all those years ago out of the office from Guillaume Verdier yep. um, is literally what we're seeing now, which yep. is bloody cool. Yep. The second one is, are these going to have their own circuit as such? Like Sail GP, we're in the catamarans. Everything's kind of contained within the two hulls. Imagine six or seven of these going hard out at each other when you've got your wing sticking out of the water. Oh, I will say the, the F-50s are cool, but the monohulls are pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and fortunately, I've spent a lot of time around the 75s. And uh, yeah, they're, it, it is an amazing machine. Like, it, it's just, it's so impressive when you see this thing, like, ripping across the bay at 45, 50 knots. It's just like, yeah. holy shit. Like, what is, it looks like a spaceship. You know, even when yeah. thing gets up on a toe, you know, both the foils are down and the whole thing. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Was that um, the first time you foiled? Did you just fall over or you're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, first I was on a moth, but uh, no, the, the weirdest thing is you get up on the big boat and all of a sudden it's like totally quiet, but just pure freaking wind noise. You're just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then everything else is quiet. And you're like, you're looking around and the G forces in the, in the turns. That's probably the wildest thing too. Yeah. Like in the tax vibes, the G's are pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's super cool. Um, yeah. It, oh, that being said, uh, without stepping on your thunder, there, I know you're in charge of this episode, but the, of course, we go into Sail GP. Like as this is published, Sail GP will be on its last day in Cadiz in Spain, because um, that's I think that's this that's this weekend. We're actually recording on Friday at the moment, so it, well, it's definitely happening. I know because um, both Caleb and I we've, we've we've hung out at Sail GP. Um, but the other thing, Caleb. I just want to bring in here, boss, is uh, there's some good footage on YouTube of you sailing off Cadiz. You want to give us a, a conditions forecast? Oh. Hey, I had a moustache then as well, actually. Oh, is that right? Well, we only could see your ass in the photos. But yeah. In the- <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can get freaking windy there. Um, you know, I think it did last time the CLGP was there, right? It was a pretty breezy day, mm. one of the days. Mm, can't um, remember. But no, you, you get a pretty big fetch. You can get some really big breeze when it comes out of, I don't know, whatever whatever the sea breeze direction is. Um, but yeah, it, it can get pretty spicy pretty quickly. Yeah. Are you a fan oh. of Sal GP? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, I think um, any sailing that gets, you know, kind of the public, you know, open to what we're doing, I think is phenomenal. You know, the, the what you guys do and, and, and you know, uh, just showing that, that yeah, any, anything in sailing is great. You know, honestly, that's yeah, how yeah. I feel. So. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no, would it's... would you say your non-sailing mates would they go out of their way to kind of watch a bit of Sail GP now? Because it's on, or I don't know. there's still that line to cross. I, I I can I think it's still right now sailing is more one of those like you can show them a, a clip of it and like wow that's crazy those boats are doing that but yeah. I think interest Invo- kind of ends there. Yeah. Um, you know, to, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question on how, how to kind of market that. It's uh, selling. We should do, we should do an experiment. Yeah. We invite a bunch of non-sailing mates down to the local yacht club. It's a great way. With the sail GP on, see how long they last before we start talking about something else. Yeah. 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 
Oh, for sure. No, it'd be, be an interesting polling uh, exercise to do. Yeah, for sure. Might do a global polling exercise. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Well, if you just see how long it takes them to like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the latest Land Rover? <laughs> um, well, I had no idea. Um, speaking of kit deers, right, um, it does, in all honesty, looking at the weather models, it looks like it could be big rigs, um, so not, not much wind. But I had a brainwave when I looked at the, the weather models. Is Could you not – we know if you go through the Straits of Gibraltar, you know it's always going to be windy there, right? Could we not just stick it right there in the middle there? Wouldn't that be a good – Right could, there in the Straits, you're In the Straits. How good would that be? Incoming container ship. Mm. Yeah, good. <laughs> I reckon that could be a good one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, you're definitely not onto anything there. Okay. <laughs> Your weekend of thinking of ideas. I still have uh, another one. But speaking of ideas, yes. of ideas, and going back to the AC40, this has obviously been dreamt an idea in a thousand engineers and designers and people design um, came up with that particular boat. But you had a particularly good idea this this week, Jordan, on the couch. Um, Paralympic sailing, given that you couldn't walk. I'm guessing you had visions that you'll never walk again, and this is how I'm going to win. <laughs> I thought I had, when I thought I had blood poisoning because I couldn't move for two days, I thought, oh shit, they're going to cut my leg off. How am I? I'm going to have to take up parasailing. I better make sure the boats are cool. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking, what boat would you sail, right? Like I was putting my head into the space. If I was going to be doing the Paralympics, which hopefully are coming back in, we can, we're trying. Um, what boat would you do? And I, I was thinking of the little 2.4s, you know, and I thought, oh, I don't want to sit in the bottom of a keelboat thingy, pretend keelboaty thing. Um, the, the, the Scud? The Scud is, you know, you know, it's a good boat, actually. It's a really good boat. But I was just thinking I'd like to do it single-handed. Um, so then I thought, well, there's nothing. But why can't we, with the way the falls work, particularly an Amoka setup, right, um, where the falls are out permanently and you can just lean into them, couldn't we make a falling para boat that doesn't tip over? Like, so you could have a little keel on it, but it still pops up like an Amoka um, and actually just Ooh. have a little falling boat for the, the parasailers. Can you imagine the parasailers just screaming around? I'm, Sounds pretty cheap to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can engineer anything. Yeah. <laughs> with enough money and brain power yeah you can definitely do it <laughs> um i, didn't, I, didn't I thought you're almost gonna lead into there that you were going to convert a vx1 into Uh-oh. uh by the way if anyone wants to buy one nick at me.com um <laughs> give me a call <laughs> um, and, a, a vx1 would be a, a good experimental like a one they they're, they're super cheap uh, it would be good fun to build a set of falls and just punch through it and actually do a, um, a sports boat out of a VX1. So put a little tray on, make it 20 foot or whatever you need to be. And then, um, and it, oh, it, that'd be a perfect boat, I reckon. That mm. would be a really good boat. It could work. Do you know, you sail a VX1 at all, Carl? Uh, I have a couple of times, yeah, here in Long Beach. Yeah. 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 Do you right. just, uh, what, what would be your go to boat just to jump in on a Wednesday night? beer can race or something so there's a bunch of boats where i I live and i'll just you know buy friends or whatever else anything from an express 37 to you know uh, more 24 Mm, you name it the morse yeah Mm. the morse is a pretty cool boat 
gloves. I will say those are those are pretty sweet. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So it does. It sounds like my uh, my parasailing idea needs more work. But for the parasailers who are out there listening, <laughs> just send me some notes so I can keep pushing. Dream I, big. Dream big is what so, we're saying. So what I did, boys, was I got an A4 piece of paper, and then I got a couple of pot. <laughs> I got a couple of pop sticks and stuck them in the side, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> so if it goes something a little like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stick some falls out of That's here. That's it. There you do it. <laughs> oh, it's such ready, a good though. medium for a podcast, that particular that, gag. Yeah, the visual stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, mate? I know. I, oh, the only other thing on my list was uh, the Hobie Worlds. Oh, I just uh, – good friends, um, Susie and Cam just won the Masters World. So the Hobie, uh, which is the lead-up, so congrats to Cam Owen and uh, – Susie Gent, uh, her very close friends, um, just won the Masters, so very happy for them. They, they have, we have talked about them coming on the show. Um, they, they've got the Open World sort of going on now, but uh, just wanted to congratulate them. Um, one of your pets, though, the Golden Globes, mate. Uh, I've got mm. a theory about the Golden Globes. Uh, what call it? What's it called? The Golden. The Golden Globe race. Well, Golden Globe yeah. race. Here's my theory, yeah. right? <coughs> Now we're more sustainable and environmentally aware. All those shitters that lie on moorings uh, have to be disposed of, and you've got to pay quite a bit of money to get rid of them. My theory is that this whole event is just an elaborate scheme for dumping boats in the middle of the ocean, um, and then <laughs> and it's been proved already. Um, because I think an American, one of the American sailors, has already put one up on the rocks. Is are you guys across that? Did you see? Yeah, that? I saw he um, put it up on Fortune Ventura, something yep. like that. Yeah, and they went up. You've been following it, so I ha- I haven't no, but that sounds like uh, some American entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurism that you know that's like really shining through there. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's sailing like it's nineteen sixty eight. Basically, that's where your boat needs to be. And it was Guy de Boer put his boat up on the rocks. That's right. Um, Los Palmos. So So, that's my theory. It's just, it's just the whole event is an an elaborate way of just disposing of old crappy boats. That's that's what I reckon it is. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? These are people's pride and joy. And they're taking on, they're literally sailing like it's 1968 with no modern electronics on board. Mm. You could say that may have, uh, yes, may have put someone on the rocks. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason we have but, some um, of this modern stuff. I, I do think, uh, you know, look. No, but um, I, 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 I was following it during the week and they had what they called the, or had a bit of a flyby down the Canaries there and everyone kind of came through looking, you know, just as though they've been doing a bit of trade wind sailing, just enjoying life. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Um, cool. Anything else, my friend? No, that's it for me. You shared, pretty much. You sent me a video. Um, ah, yes. The video from um, the Round Britain race. Yes. So this, yeah, my mistake. Um, didn't check my notes properly. The... <laughs> We mentioned it last week. We've got a lot of viewing to do. 
um, that we can comment on. And mm. during the week also, I watched the round Britain race with Dee and Shirley, mm. Dee Kafari, Shirley Robson mm. together. And basically it's a very well put together documentary. Well, it's 15 minutes worth. Um, and to see the different emotions mm. gone through, mm. not to mention at the start of the race, everyone's looking, you know, all the hair's nice back and everyone's looking great by the end of the race. I hate to say it, ladies, but it aged you a little. <laughs> and that's not meant to be taken in any sort of other manner than it was a long race. <laughs> but, of course, they tidied up nicely. Well, nice warm shower and by the time they finished, what, 14 days, I think it was? Yeah. I, I guess, Caleb, I, I know you know Dee. Didn't, I, I assume you know Shirley or did you not overlap? I know Shirley a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely met a couple times, yeah. Yeah, so interesting combination. Um, any any views on it? It's a, it's a really nice video. But I watched it too. Bicey sent it through and I really enjoyed watching it. Um, it's a two-parter, but yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly haven't seen it. I, I'd love to watch it. And, mm. and, yeah. um, cool. I, I spend a lot of time with Dee. You know, obviously you and I travelled the world with Dee a bit um, with the Ocean Race, but um, with the... Sail GP, D and I uh, thrust together nonstop all the time, and you know, <laughs> oh, Caleb, um, <laughs> do either of us care to comment on that? Yeah, apologies, D. Um, thrust together, <laughs> right? No, no. Well, it, it's an interesting dynamic, and uh, you know, uh, she is a great human being. She, she. It's no. just so much fun to hang with her, despite the fact I feel like I'm. I'm the naughty child all the time, and she's telling me off. But uh, she, she. I mean, I just, I just love hanging with Dee. She's a good human being, and uh, it was good to, you know, knowing someone so well. Just see that that one of the things about the video is they Shirley keeps talking about how strong Dee gets. You know, the worse the conditions are, she just mm, just gets happy. Definitely, that comes over. And that's Dee imagine I was with you guys. I'd be like the the naughty nephew that both of you would <laughs> kick my ass. I'm going to say, boys, if the three of us were on a boat, there'd be no one would know who's in. That we're all the naughty ones. <laughs> uh, um, good boys. So what's next for you, bud? Just to sign off, Caleb, we're, we're, what's your next thing? It's the five A's next weekend. Yeah, five hours next weekend. I'm coaching the uh, young ODP guys at the Ilka 7 Euros. Still weird not saying laser. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what and, you're talking about. Uh, I actually might be kite, coaching the kiteboarding worlds in uh, Calgary in Sardinia. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, just some stuff like that. Some doing some etchel sailing in uh, Miami. And, yeah, not, nothing too crazy. Thinking thinking about pulling the fin out for the – you because I think the, the next Gold Cup's in yeah, there. It is, yeah. And actually, unfortunately, I've sold all my stuff. But uh, if there's a fin laying around, you know, who knows? I might jump into it. We'll see. Yeah, I think I'll cut I need to start hitting the gym a little bit, though, if that was the case. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, mate. Well, this is it's been an absolute ton of fun hanging out with you, as it always is. Um, can't wait to see you again. At least I'll see you in San Fran. It's my next guess is the next time I'll see yeah. you. But, uh, right. well, even if you're not uh, – I'll just come and knock on your boat, mate. There you go. Sounds good. (laughs) 
But uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, mate. It's been great fun hanging out. Bloody I have, yeah. Appre- awesome. Appreciate the, uh, the interview. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Our pleasure. Cheers, mate. Bye. All right, Bicey, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, I'm good. All right, sign out. All right, listeners, thanks for listening in. It's, it's so much fun doing this for you guys. So thanks for listening. What's BP up to? Playing the guitar. Doing it his That's way. That's all we get it for now. Well, if he doesn't come back, he might take this song off us. Of